right. Uh, where to begin today? Um, I want I want to take us back a little bit to a a couple episodes before, and uh, Zane, I think you fondly remember this this fairly well. Yep, yep. But Zane comes back from a trip from Barbados. Me and Hadi do a podcast with Sophie and Johan about Tom Brady. And so I decided to ask our uh, young Nostradamus here about... Uh, young? Uh, that's a bit of a, a, bit of a reach. That's a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, I decided to ask our somewhat uh, aged Nostradamus here um, what his thoughts would be on Tom Brady's future and say, do you want to remind people what you said that day? I said he'll be back for another year. Now, what what happened? What was announced today? Do you want to enlighten us, Zane? Now what? The, what? <laughs> the goat is back. The goat is back. You know, <laughs> the goat is back. Mr. Man, Eve came early. A goat's making an appearance. <laughs> no, Are you gonna kill him? He is back. I Man, I, didn't, I, just, I didn't believe it. I thought when Zane sent the tweet, I thought it was like a, a parody account or something. No, it was. <laughs> listen, I I think he he. He his heart is still in the game. He really, really tried going back to like normal life, and and even even if you saw the retirement, like he didn't really give like a proper speech or anything. It was more of like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm walking away from the game. It just didn't feel right, you know. It didn't feel mm-hmm. like a. It didn't feel like he was retiring. I just felt like he went back, looked at his life. Probably was like, I can probably go another year. <laughs> Yeah, man, it must be really tough going back to his mansion with his three kids yeah. and uh, his supermodel wife. He probably he probably realized he had to do house. He probably realized he had to start, you know, doing house chores and stuff. Is like shit. Mm. Like football's easier. Football's easier. <laughs> <laughs> Did he really try though? It's been like forty days. I that's, that's less the than other a thing. summer vacation. That was the other thing. It's like that happened way too quickly. At least like. They, give some they usually take like, like even if you realize that you're coming back, at least wait a couple months to tell us for dignity's sake. Well, you know why he wouldn't do that because he doesn't want all the free agents on Tampa to leave. Ah, uh, so you'll dangerous. probably has free agency fully started yet? What's the yeah, deal I think with it's that? on Monday. Mm, oh, okay. I may be wrong. That's why I think that's the reason his announcement was. Yeah, because we haven't seen any big signings. Like people have yeah. free signed, but I haven't seen any like right. new. Teams. Let, me, let me actually just check. I think I think it starts on Monday. Damn, that's that's pretty quick for free agency. But anyways, yes. now I gotta start I, looking at free I, agents. I was I was really chill about next year, man. This is stressing me out. I was like, All right, well, you know, <laughs> maybe Wait, I'll cheer for the Bengals. We, listen, we might get Packers versus Bucks NFC Championship game again. Yeah. Damn. Uh, the Brady versus uh, Rogers matchup. Yeah. That we've all been waiting for. Kept and, us the other, suspense. and the other thing was, I think he didn't like the way his season ended. Yeah. That's you know, right. I think he got a little jealous of the Rams, you know? If he, if like, he got blown out. these suckers. <laughs> if they got blown out, maybe uh, he would have, like, left. But, you know, he, he was probably like, wait, hold up. I yeah, was like, one of the best defense, and I almost came back. Yeah, he was literally, like, yeah. a field goal away from, like, beating them. Yep. Right yeah, it was, so. uh, it was a great game, but... In a way, I'm glad that he's not going out like that, but we'll see how he goes out. I don't want him to have the Peyton special, you know, or the Drew Brees. <laughs> but For in sure. any case, in I want to highlight. Um, I want to highlight that it was said here first. I don't know if any analysts or anyone say anything, but I don't care if they said it first. We it's actually true. said it here first. Listen, man. Um, we're not. Zane, we're not reporting. Like, Patel was number one, and then Skip Bayless was number two. Li- <laughs> listen, there's there's Adrian there's Adrian Woj. Woj for basketball and now Zane I mean, knocked Adam off Schefter for football. No, no, no. Yeah, you right? knocked him Adam off. Adam Schefter list. can stop it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Zane's got the sources. Um, I'm quitting my PhD. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, I thought we'd take today's episode to kind of talk about some um some more thematic discussions. I feel like we've been kind of missing out on that. Um the one thing that was on my mind and this is because me and Hadi and Sophia watched uh, Uncharted and we talked about reviewing the movie as as like as it's like its own individual entity but then we thought but then Hadi gave me the idea that you know what if we talk about it and in the broader context 
the success or failures of video game movies. So I thought I'd get your guys's uh, input onto what you th- what you think of first. What did you think of Uncharted as a movie, Hadi and Sophia? Um, and then what did you? And then we'll talk about. Uh, we'll go into what you think of the trend of adapting video game movies into t- into film and television now. Because we also have The Last of Us coming up for, I believe it's HBO, if I'm not mistaken. It is it's HBO. HBO. Yeah. And, and we got Halo coming. coming out this month. And it's been Halo too, yep. Yeah. It's the so, guy who did Chernobyl is doing Last of Us, right? So Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. So regarding Uncharted, Hadi Sophia, you want to re-enlighten us? Because I remember last time we recorded this, but that that sound might accidentally got re- deleted. <laughs> Zane could see everything, but he couldn't see that happening. <laughs> but, um, well, yeah. You know, I felt like for a movie, it was fine. Like, it wasn't anything great, but I was entertained. It was pretty bad as an adaptation, though. Just really made some questionable choices, and I feel mm-hmm. like didn't capture the reasons that fans enjoyed the property, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, think I go go ahead, Zane. Do you guys think that it should have been a young Drake, or it should have been like a normal-aged Drake in the movie? Well, oddly enough, as we mentioned when we recorded before, like I wouldn't have chosen to go as young as they did for Drake, but I did mm-hmm. think actually that Tom Holland was the best part of the movie. I came in very skeptical about his casting, and uh-huh. like I said, mm-hmm. I still don't think he really fits the vibe. But I think he actually turned in a great performance and did his best Nathan Drake. And the script gave him a lot of really good lines. It felt like Nathan Drake lines. God, the I problem mean. was really more than him. It was Sully mm-hmm. and some of the other side characters. Um, so some, some Mark Wahlberg playing Mark Wahlberg, right? And not yeah. Sully. Mark Wahlberg was terrible at Sully. Yeah. Hey man, um, Mark Wahlberg seems to be stretching himself though. He's got that movie coming out, Father Stu or something. I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> oh, who knows? He's going for the Oscar. The guy has an Oscar nomination. <laughs> I think he's been trying to go for the Oscars for the longest time, and I feel like he thinks every performance is an Oscar-worthy performance, even Uncharted. Listen, man, <laughs> you got to have that kind of confidence in yourself. You're the only way you're going to succeed. <laughs> but here's the thing, though. Funny enough, as a producer, he's actually like been pretty spot on. Um, what is he it was produced? He, Entourage. Yeah, but that's one show. Right. I mean, but, uh, but no, but he's been like he's been like silently producing a lot behind the scenes. I think he was even involved in um, what was the Scorsese movie? Or am I the thinking Irish Brad one? Pitt? Not yeah. the Irish. I think that's Brad uh, Pitt. I think you're the anyway. Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, topic. I I felt like you know they had a lot of city segments, and with the exception of I think Barcelona. Mm-hmm. The city segments weren't particularly cool city landscapes. They weren't, for the most part, like old things. It was just like, you know, there was a resort in like the Pacific Islands somewhere. There was a lot of stuff set in New mm-hmm. York um, in the beginning. Did, did of they movie. have ruins? Any kind of ruins in the movie? <laughs> uh, oh, not little not bit. Much, really? Not too much. Which is weird because ruins are such a big setting in Uncharted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I mean, like, Uncharted is all about the exotic locations and the lost ruins, the hidden catacombs yeah. and things like that. And there really wasn't much of that at all in this movie. It's there almost like they actively avoided it. Really that much puzzling, again, with the exception of the Barcelona segment mm-hmm. and a little bit of stuff that they did with the map. Like, I would say there's definitely more puzzling than there are exotic locations, but I don't know. Again, it just kind of didn't click. Like a lot of times it's just Nathan Drake figuring it out on his own. Mm-hmm. Nobody is really helping, which works in a video game where you control the inputs. But in a movie, the other characters are just kind of standing around awkwardly. I mean, you know, some of the best parts in Uncharted are when you go to these like mythical fantasy cities. Yeah. You know, like yeah. the Eldorado. Eldorado and... I forget what the second one was, but you know, Shambhala, Shambhala, Shambhala yeah. but the, the closest yeah. thing to like a fantasy place that you have in the movie is uh, Papa John's in Barcelona. So <laughs> 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 uh, that there's no way that's real. Someone can correct me, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't really been to Barcelona, but uh, 
so I I want to give this like weird take, this like really small anecdote. So all right, I watched Uncharted before I watched uh, Uncharted. I watched Uncharted by myself, and my opinion of the movie was pretty much the same as uh, you and Hadi were having that like um, that that the story was serviceable. Like as a character, as a uh, Nathan Drake, Tom Holland was very you know he was very good. The side characters weren't that interesting or even, you know, faithful to the adaptations. And the biggest part of the Uncharted series was the actual like puzzle solving and the historical um, art pieces and set pieces. And even like, you know, the exploration of like ruins and temples. They, I feel like they were trying to highlight the more action action like adventuresome parts of the story and not so much mm-hmm. like the puzzle solving and even the character you know character um relationships right character drama and care and chemistry yeah. too that um even like even the villains in uncharted like got a, got some attention to details and if they didn't get that much attention they weren't on screen or they weren't there unnecessarily long mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it, they were memorable and still like, you know, in some in some ways, they're also formidable to Drake. It just felt like, you know, a lot of the people that were kind of brought on as villains were just kind of like, you know, like a Deus Ex Machina, you know, you're very, you're very like very typical. Oh, she's a military. Right, right. Yeah, the games or the movies? Uh, the movie, the movie, the movie. OK, so yeah, one I mean, of the movie, in, like in the movie, there's really two, two main villains and. One yeah, of and they're very cliche, very. Yeah, like, they're very yeah. cliche. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, especially but, the the fake Nadine, whatever her name was. Yeah, Barlow, but yeah. I want to... Braddock, yeah. So I wanted to add that I watched it a second time, but this time I took my brother. And my brother has no knowledge of Uncharted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No knowledge of the movie, no knowledge of everything. And although, you know, he didn't have that knowledge of, of the, the games, he... He does have a uh, an understanding of what a good or bad movie is, and okay. that's because uh, just as much as me, me and him enjoy watching pretty much every movie together. But so he he enjoyed it. He enjoyed it, and he he really enjoyed it. And I told him like, you don't like, you don't find things off. I'm just like, yeah, there's like some characters I didn't like, but for the most part, I enjoyed it. And it actually, he kept asking me about Uncharted because of this movie. Mm. right and he kept getting me um telling me like oh so like does drake do this in the games or that in the games i told him no and then he's i, I loaned him my ps4 ever since i got the ps5 and he's like yeah yeah download the game i want to try playing one or two of them and i mm-hmm. thought this might be the interesting thing about this movie is that it might get it might be made for not you know fans of the series but for people who are just slightly intrigued by it and it kind of works for them it's hard to make something faithful to the adaptation when there's a huge fan base around it. And I thought True. that would be a good way to get segue into the broader topic of making successful video game adaptations or even ones that failed. I, I got to ask before we go into that, like, what are your favorite video game adaptations? Yeah, I think this is a good way to sort of frame it. Like, yeah. I mentioned a couple of the better ones and then maybe some of the yeah. shitty ones. You can shit on the others later. Yeah, yeah. What are your favorite ones? Novi? So for me, it's obviously Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Uh-huh. Pokemon is my first video game series ever, like many folks. Um, I started a little bit old. I was like 12 when I started playing video games. Yeah, it's old for Pokemon too. But I really felt like Detective Pikachu captured the magic of the series and the reason why even older fans like me keep coming back. Just the joy of the Pokemon themselves. The way that they interact with the world. A lot of the 3D models in Detective Pikachu put me off at first, but the more I saw them on screen interacting with things, I thought they were really cool. A lot of them were really beautiful. Some of them were kind of spooky or creepy. And it was just so cool to see a city where they were integrated into everything, almost like Zootopia kind of a vibe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like they actually changed the size of things and the infrastructure a little bit around the Pokemon. And it almost had this sort of like neo noir cyber cyberpunk type vibe. It was very visually interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. not at all reflective of the game <laughs> or the games. Well, I think I it's hear. interesting. While we're on that topic, just briefly, we can go into it in more detail later. But Detective Pikachu is a spinoff game 
of the main Pokemon franchise. Pokemon has a lot of different spin-off games. There's, you know, Mystery Dungeon, there's, you know, Gale of Darkness XD, the Pokemon Ranger series. Uh, you right. could argue that Legends Arceus is a spin-off game. It's like a main series spin-off game. Um, mm -hmm. I'm sure that I'm forgetting some. There are so many. It's a huge IP. Uh, but it's interesting that they went with a spin-off game and not the main series. I think that was actually the correct choice. <laughs> Main series mm -hmm. Pokemon games generally don't have that much in the way of story. And so I think they did themselves a big favor by picking something that already came with a built-in narrative. Even uh -huh. if they changed a few things. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think for me, probably Tech of Pikachu as well. I'm looking through a list of all the, you know, um, video game movies that were the theatrically released. The first yeah. one was Super Mario Bros., I guess, starting in Oof. 1993. I haven't seen that movie, but I've certainly heard things about it. It's hard to find like any others that are that are good. I liked the first Tomb Raider. You know, there's yeah. obvious reasons the... for that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it at a certain time in my life. When I was a young uh, lad. Anyways. Moving <laughs> along. Uh, but, you know, it was a good movie. And it had Daniel yeah, Craig in yeah. it, too. So, yeah, mm -hmm. he was good. Um... <laughs> and, um, you know, Uncharted was was decent and i i actually kind of liked warcraft as well but yeah asterisk to both that and my other one that i would say is rampage is i haven't played either of those games yeah so i know rampage is like donkey kong or something it's not actually a very story heavy game i don't know mm -hmm. nothing about warcraft but i kind of liked the movie yeah or i thought that it set up an interesting sequel um which they didn't ever made all right so my personal like my personal ones i think that are like two pretty good ones um were war um warcraft and prince of persia no um, not prince of persia man no prince of persia was actually pretty good uh, like, I, mean, I enjoyed that was it my, my pick as well yeah i really, really? Prince, okay. of persia. prince of persia, yeah, really persia was pretty good um and i call them like the better of adaptation movies and then you got some you have some like decent hitters in here so uncharted i'd put among like decent hitters um Mortal Kombat was actually pretty decent like the new one that came out. No, that was actually no, pretty I, I That's actually pretty decent. That. No, no like that. it it was faithful to like the gory aspects to it. It had it failed in one aspect and is that giving a main character that wasn't really like that didn't really have much significance oh, or even a role. It failed in another uh, major aspect which was having a tournament. Yeah. Myself in from I mean, I can here. overlook that. I can overlook no, man, that. Man, dude, if... the, the whole thing is called Mortal Kombat. The tournament is Mortal well, I mean, Kombat. It doesn't they happen should, in the movie. Should... Like what? I, I I can overlook that if like if I get something you know semi decent out of it, and they gave me something semi decent. Mortal Kombat should have been like Death Race. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie. But I have. Been... Death Race the, is like yeah, yeah, with Jason Statham. Yeah, Death Race is a weird one. But it should have been something like that, where you have this like a competition happening, yeah, and, exactly, and you know, like all kinds of. But also, like, but also, their intention was to make like a series of movies. Although, like that intention was really like kind of, um, like kind of like told until after the first movie came out. But I feel like for the most part, it got you intrigued in the characters that were presented, and then it leaves you with like you know. With the potential of like Johnny Cage joining them, even though the one thing I I will not forgive them for is doing what they did to Kung Lao, even though <laughs> like because every every Mortal Kombat adaptation, live action or animated, they always kill Kung Lao, and I have no idea why because he's actually a legitimately good fighter. Yeah, I mean, but, the, I would uh, say that the action in Mortal Kombat was pretty decent. Like it's nothing amazing, but if you just want like a good action movie, it's it's pretty entertaining. And but yeah, like I'm my list I is just, basically like of those that I consider like good, right? They're not like amazing, like blow you out of the water. They're entertaining. You can enjoy watching them for a bit. So, what were you saying, Sophie, about Mortal Kombat? Well, I was saying like I love tournament movies. You know, The Karate Kid was one of my favorites from when I was a kid. How hard is it to have a tournament, man? It gives you a great built-in structure <laughs> for the plot. Yeah, you don't have and to work hard on a story then, you know? Exactly. It's, it's more like a... Then you can focus more on the characters and the action. And they kind of tried to have it both ways because a lot of the fights were one-on-one -on -one, even though they weren't yeah. technically tournament battles. Mm -hmm. They just weren't as structured. I also wish that we got to see more of 
And I'm about to out myself to all of our five fans as someone who needs to be gatekept away from the franchise, I guess. But like <laughs> that ice dude, Scorpion, Sub Zero, Sub Zero, Scorpion, Scorpion's a fire really dude. Cool. Yeah, I mean, and those two guys, I mean, those those, those actors always do a good job. I think yeah. uh, the guy who plays Scorpion, his name is Hiroyuki Sanada. Yeah, and he's yeah. in he's in a lot of things: Last Samurai, Rush Hour Three, even Endgame. He's always great. And uh, Joe Taslim from The Raid and another movie from Indonesia called, uh, what is it called? The Night Comes for Us. The Night Comes for yeah, Incredible, yeah, incredible us. movie, incredible martial artist. He's an amazing fighter. So yeah. kind of very underused, in my opinion, in this movie, but. Still one of the I better mean, fighters, honestly. I mean, like, like again, this is technically to that, to the people making it, this is kind of like the prologue to the main fight. And I feel like once we get the tournament, it'll at least be a little bit more serviceable because at least like you don't have to go into backstory as much with these guys because you kind of get a lot of that earlier with, so with... we're kind of getting into two different things right now yeah I mean, let's yeah. try to focus on like what we actually like about video game movies that are good and then so, we can I mean, I'll like. give my best one first so. yeah let's hear this yeah. so 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 i agree with you guys detective pikachu like on on paper probably is the best one most it's the best executed movie out there, but I I actually really like Prince of Persia, and I, I think the, one of the reasons I liked that movie was, um, one, it had a really big budget. Like they gave it like, it was two hundred million, so the set pieces were beautiful, mm. the setting was beautiful. Uh, two, they actually picked pretty great actors. I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal was in there, uh, Ben Kingsley was in there, so so the acting was like pretty pretty good, even though it was like certain moments were pretty cliched and stuff. Yeah. So they actually gave it, you know, it was a it was a good production value to that movie. Um, so even if you don't like the story that much, or if you don't like the the anything else, the set pieces were beautiful. You know, it, there, there's redeeming factors to it. Whereas something like I don't know, like I would say, um, like like Assassin's Creed, right? Even though it oh had, god, it, it was just it was just garbage, right? It was just it was just oh like, yeah, that yeah, was purely bad. really has to be one of the most tragic to me because it's I don't think it's very hard to make a good Assassin's Creed movie. And yeah, you have to and, say, they, and they have the perfect casting, man. When they announced Michael Fassbender and at least that yeah. first image of him, I was like, this he, this is perfect. Like it was, was yeah. it was Michael Fassbender, Marion Cotillard, and you're thinking like, okay, they're like Oscar Dons. Jeremy Irons and they're like Jeremy Oscar Irons is too? Yeah, yeah, he is. Damn, okay. <laughs> what a yeah. waste. Ah, man. That was a waste. And I was we were recently watching a video on video game movies and they had some clips from Assassin's Creed and it looks terrible. I just mean the actual shots of the film, the yeah, lighting. It was just, it was just uh, bad. Everything is so badly green screened. Yeah. Um but again, we're getting into things we don't like. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're falling into your own so, crap. I guess, well, my question is, is this. In order for a video game movie to be good, do you think it needs to be loyal to the source material? Or, like, what aspect of the source material do does it need to translate? Well, I'll give, I'll give you, I'll use, like, I'll use Prince of Persia as an example. So, you can't make a game fully close to the source material because that's hard to do, right? Because a, a big portion of why games are successful is a level of interaction between like the consumer and the actual material itself right like you're playing a game you're going through it and the moments with that are kind of dull they, they kind of give they kind of throw like enemies or something at you that kind of like you know if the pace is going a little bit slow it kind of like changes the pace of it it's hard to really replicate that in a movie sense but in terms of prince of persia they kind of add elements like story elements that kind of create more tension um you know there there like you can give it a big budget and everything but like there's so many movies in that i'm watching that have a big budget like resident evil um the new one that they came out with welcome to raccoon city they had a pretty big budget um so yeah did, but it, it wasn't it wasn't 200 million right like like the raccoon no, city no, probably has like not. a 20 million budget that like the prince of persia they gave 200 million to to make it, you know, which is probably mm-hmm. I think the most ever uh for Yeah, a, so the new Resident Evil had twenty five million dollar budget. So yeah, not very so 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 going back to I think your question, I think it should be um faithful to the source material, 
right? Because when you play a video game, um, at least if it's story-based, you get attached to the character, right? And if you deviate from that character and you put your own spin on it, like, for example, as you guys said in Uncharted, Mark Wahlberg's not really Sully. No. Right? And that kind of pisses you off if you're a fan. Yeah, I think right? you're right. So, characters so, are one of the biggest things. So I think you have to stay truthful to the character. Um, unless you put, like... And the other thing with video game movies is, that, like, I don't think it's... Has there ever been a video game movie that has been directed by a great director? Hmm. Um, I think so. I will get you get on that. Hmm. I, I don't know, man. I don't think so. You like, I'm, say, just, uh, I'm just looking at the man, Paul W.S. Anderson. <laughs> Very close. To... <laughs> <laughs> Let me take the W.S. W.S. out. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> like, what's what's the director's name? Paul W. Anderson or Paul something Anderson? That guy's Paul, a good director. Paul, 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 Paul Thomas Anderson. Anderson. Paul, Paul Thomas Anderson. Anderson. Just, you know, just Paul Thomas Anderson. So close. Yeah. So close. <laughs> just, uh, just change your name legally. Yeah, like has, has there ever been a movie with someone... Uh, with like a top like 10 a, director like a Christopher Nolan or uh, yeah Spielberg even, or even like a young up and coming director like the the Rousseau brothers yeah uh, John Favreau yeah I'm just looking at the list man I don't see anyone yeah I think I think this is one of the big problems Zane that we don't have like really the top tier craftsmen of film being put on these projects either yeah. in terms of writing or directing and these projects yeah. aren't made because people have an artistic vision for them by and large and, you know, like, I think comic book movies, when they first started, were very much derided and considered to be kind of trash. And then you had some really good directors give their takes on them, and that turned it around. I mean, the first one would be Superman and Richard Donner. Yeah. You know, and, and for a long time, that was the only great comic book movie. Then you had Tim Burton with Batman. Batman. And then again, so... uh, Brian Singer with X-Men, Sam Raimi, Spider-Man. With Spider-Man, yeah. And obviously Chris Nolan. I mean, all Batman. of these guys, you can point to two, three, four other films that they did that are really great yeah. and are unique. And I, I feel like they were allowed to carry their artistic vision forward and, in the and movies. I'm... Um, just, I will I will say I will interject here that so Zane you said great directors who directed these movies right what's kind of uh interesting was that two movies that we put on here had pretty interesting directors so Duncan Jones directed Warcraft oh yeah and guess Moon, what right? he directed guess yeah, what he directed he did source code as well and Moon yeah and Moon and I think how you remember Moon as a movie a moon, right? moon both those movies are great I think Moon yeah. might even be better um, but and then Mike Newell did um, Prince of Persia. Prince of Persia. Yeah. But he's but also Mike Newell? He so did, Mike uh, Newell is the guy, is the guy who did uh, the fourth uh, Harry Potter movie, and he also did like four weddings and a funeral. Dying yeah, Brad. so he's really oh, big on like the rom com yeah. scene for English movies. Great expectations, but at least well, I mean, decent decent movies for sure. Yeah, yeah, but, but still, they're, they're not the caliber of Christopher Nolan or uh, Sam yeah. Raimi. They're definitely like they're not like a-list directors but they're still pretty good i feel like of the names you're you're seeing like directing video game movies like uwe ball and uh paul ws anderson <laughs> yeah um these guys these guys would be definitely like outrank them a bit yeah oh, well, I, yeah go, go ahead, ahead. Go, ahead go ahead i was gonna say if, if i was gonna have a director uh, make a video game movie i might go with Zack snyder just oh, interesting. bringing the visuals onto the screen <laughs> But it would have to be also the other thing. I need to find a, have a director that actually played the game. Please. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I like I like his visual. He's really good with visual style of getting like a visual style. But I don't know if he's very if he'd be faithful. I don't think he'd be faithful to the material. I feel like he'd want something more closely like, you know, more more towards his own kind of ideal ideology. Right. I feel like 300 and and Watchmen kind of fit his style. I will that's say why one, I, one concern that I have with him is that I think a lot of video game movies would end up being lighter fare. And Snyder tends to take himself pretty seriously in his movies. I yeah, just don't know yeah. if that would work out. You know what, I, I think I, he I, could work for something God of War, like the Gears of War, that like a thing. God of War type thing he could work. Or even more something Kombat. like ace attorney it would be a disaster i think he'd be interesting for a mortal kombat movie i think Zack snyder would be perfect for mortal kombat right like you would have the artistic fights that are happening 
Mm-hmm. That would be pretty good. But I'm, I'm looking at the future movies that are coming out, right? And it says they're making a Borderlands movie. It's directed by Eli Roth. But imagine a Borderlands directed by, like, Denis Villeneuve. Man, this, like, this is one of the problems I have with video game movies. I keep choosing video games that aren't story-focused. Like Rampage, like yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog, like Pokemon, Mario Brothers, Borderlands. I mean, Tetris is getting a movie trilogy. This is actually <laughs> a fact that is happening. And there's so many narratively rich games out there. And Hollywood just maybe we turns should... their nose up at them. I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> maybe we should go around and each say like a movie or two, or not a movie or two, sorry, a video game or franchise or two that we would like to see adapted. And just like briefly what we would, why we want to see it adapted. Assuming that you could actually get a good director and a good budget, of course. All right, so I like that idea, Sophie. How about you, you give a movie, uh, give a video game that you would like to be adapted, give who should, be, who should direct it, and give who should star in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's, you're, that's, you're that's kind of... Stakes, my friend. Yeah, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. That's, that's a very hard question to answer. Um, I'll let you guys kind of go first. I'm, I'm going to think of... I'm going to ruminate <laughs> on mine a little bit. Sophie, you asked the question. All right. I'm not yeah. very good at directors or actors, though. So, Hadi, I'm going to have to phone a friend for that. Yeah, we'll see. But I know yeah, what we'll I want to start with, which okay. is I want... Well, I, you know, I want to add, add, add an amendment. I want to add an amendment to that. Be like, yes. if we can we can help you cast, yeah, we can help cast you. people we'll help or... You. Cast, all right, or all right. <laughs> I want Mass Effect. I want a Mass Effect trilogy of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and controversial opinion, I want a female shepherd, actually. Okay. Interesting. Because I really preferred the female shepherd voice acting in the games. Um, wow, was it although Tyra if they could come up with no, it was a Jen Hill. Was it Jen Hill? Okay. If so they could on. come up with a great actor for male shepherd, I'd be fine with that too. I think it's just like the performance for Shepherd really needs to be top notch. Um, and in terms of directors, oh uh, gosh, I mean, I think John Favreau might not be a bad choice. For um, Mass Effect, interesting. Yeah, yes. interesting. Uh, I just have to ask, who'd you, what, who'd you have in mind for a female shepherd? Hmm. Well, if she was younger, uh, Gillian Anderson would have been good, but she's far too old now. Mm. She's a little small. So, I just think it would work fine though. She's really short. She is very small, but like shepherd going to be male or female shepherd's going to be dwarfed by the alien members of the crew anyway i That's mean true. you've got rex here you've got garris here shepherd's going to look small do you guys so have ju- any casting suggestions just as i just want to add amazon is looking towards making a mass effect tv show mm-hmm. yeah i feel like a tv show would work really right well. so there's 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 pretty strong rumors that it's going to happen they probably have the rights for it and Amazon's going after these big IPs, like as I said, like they went after Lord of the Rings, they went after Wheel of Time, mm-hmm. uh, and they've said they want to make a Mass Effect um, TV series. So I totally agree. Like I would love to see that because it's a great world, um, and I'm surprised that there hasn't been a TV show on it. I mean, it's difficult to adapt, man. This is not the kind of thing you could really go in half cocked. You really have to have a big budget yeah, yeah. for this to make it work. Especially I feel because like, you need the aliens to look really good. I feel like it would work as like a series with John Favreau as showrunner. I would be right? down for that. Yeah, I guess I feel if like, we're thinking about like the Mandalorian type, that that sort of what I was going for, that kind of vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's harder to put encapsulate all of Mass Effect into a two-hour coherent story. Even if you stretch it to like three hours, it's hard to fit all that. Well, into... it, it would have to be a trilogy. That's why I said three movies. I think yeah, if you, past, you could you could make, make a TV three show. two two and a half hour movies, but a TV show probably would be better. All right, how how about Emily Blunt as Commander Shepard? Oh, I like uh, that. That is great. I like that a lot. That would be perfect. And she's a, she's got the star power as well. Yeah. Or hmm. we gotta put it. We gotta throw in our boy then. Uh, Jim, what's his name again? John Krasinski. John Krasinski. John Krasinski. <laughs> <laughs> chef. Oh, man. No, uh, chef. You, you can choose what version of the movie you want to watch. Lol. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, Keith David got to come back as uh, Anderson. Uh-huh. Huh. Okay, um, replace him. What about you, Hadi and Zane? Or whoever wants to go first. 
Well, you know, obviously Mass Effect is kind of the first thing that came to mind for me. There's Halo as well. I mean, I've been a huge Halo fan since I was a kid, but they're making a show. I'm cautious about how it's going to be. We'll see. Uh-huh. I don't want to get my expectations up, but I really uh-huh. hope that it's good. But so in terms of things that have not been adapted, I could see, you know, I could see God of War, maybe. And a director, this is going to be out of left field, Denis Villeneuve. Mm. Because I want that scale yeah, that we yeah. see in like Dune or in Blade Runner 2047. And just the, the visual I... mastery. It's so important to God of War. And I think he would be the guy who can capture that. And my casting, Sophie is going to disagree with me on this because we've talked about this. But I think The Rock, if he, no, no, but he needs to not play The Rock. You know what I'm saying? He needs to play <laughs> a serious version of, like, of, of the characters that he plays. That's so too hard, man. <laughs> no, look, watch Fast Five. Hobbs yeah. in Fast Five is a much good. more serious character. Or some of his early movies like Walking Tall or Driven, I think it was called, um, Faster, something like that. One of those two. It was like 2011. He played a, a role where he's like an assassin. I'm gonna. I can see him carry off raise... the physicality of Kratos. Yeah, yeah. So, Hadi, I'm gonna actually raise you either Anton Fuqua or George Miller as a director. Like, I know, I know you I have Anton Fuqua, man. I don't know, man. He's no, he he can he can really pull off like a pretty decent like um he can he can pull it off. But I think George Miller might actually pull off the look and feel of it a lot more because he's more he's more a bit um he's methodical but also like he loves the idea of like making something very chaotic like if you see mad max like imagine having to do that with like greek gods and, and everything mm-hmm. I, feel I, like, I don't know man i don't think i feel like george miller scale. would actually make a much better god of war movie um maybe maybe yeah i mean he's made one movie that would suggest that but and he hasn't really made a movie since then. I will say about Villeneuve, I'm a little worried. His movies tend to be slower paced. I don't know if that yeah. was for God of War. This is true. I, mean, I think. Snyder, I think. Like I, I think the thing is that you have to also look at the style of the director that kind of matches it, and that's why I always said George Miller because George Miller likes doing action set pieces that are kind of like weird and over the top, but also like they're kind of ridiculous. And like, imagine having you know creators you're fighting like a Hercules and. The stuff you're doing in the game and the stuff that's happening yep. around you, it has to kind of be like it has to kind of look ridiculous, right? It has to kind of look like it's like mm-hmm. out of this world, kind of crazy, and that's why I think it matches his style. Um, because you can you can have like a great director, you can have like Christopher Nolan direct it, but will Christopher Nolan make it look like a God of War film? Right. I will he say has I a- have I have a casting for um if they ever got all the way to God of War 2018 for Atreus. I think that Asa Butterfield would work well for that, actually. Interesting. I think he's a bit too old now because he's too. He's old. a bit old, but, but he, he still looks, looks so young. Man. I feel he like looks he twelve, could, but he's just too tall for the role. You could That's pass him problem. off as fourteen, and since Kratos is going to be really tall, I think it will work. Yeah, you need you need a big Kratos. Maybe the guy from uh, Jack Reacher. Bobon. Bobon. What if you get Bobon to play Kratos, man? Man, Boban was in uh, John Wick three, so uh, that was hilarious. How like he like pushed like an entire bookshelf, and it looked like his hand was like bigger than the bookshelf. But but my other thing, what I what I might say, I just thought of it. And I know they're doing it, but I, I know they're gonna fuck it up. Bioshock. Ooh, Bioshock is ripe for a, a film adaptation. And I know people might disagree with this because of the twist and how the fact that it only works if you're, you know, playing a game. It's all about player agency. Yeah. But I just think that the vibe and the mythology and the world building would translate very well to like a horror film, but a big budget one. Mm-hmm. So like you get the director of Hereditary. Yeah. Oh, make dude. It oh, that, that would actually work. That would actually work. That would be perfect. Listen, perfect. That, that would not make any money at the box office, but it would be an incredible movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mess you up. Zane, what about you? Rihanna, right, you go first, man. There's two that I really want, like, made. Um, I don't know about the casting for this. It's hard to get the casting now for this, but one of them is uh, Dead Space. I think that'd be a really oh, interesting oh, story. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Dead Space would be, like, a really good, like, horror thriller movie. Um, taking, almost taking, like, a Cloverfield-esque kind of 
vibe to it, but like Matt Reeves, key, even like Matt, yeah, even like a Matt Reeves to direct it would be interesting. Matt Reeves, um, even um, who am I thinking of? I think even like using um, who's the guy who directed La La Land? Why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Damien Chazelle. Damien Chazelle. Chazelle, right? The idea of like keeping it contained and really making it about one person and having things revolve around them. Yeah. I feel I feel like he'd be able to pull that off pretty well. Yeah, what you really need is prime Ridley Scott. <laughs> <laughs> or even prime Tony Scott, rest in peace. Well, I mean, like I'm saying Ridley Scott because of Alien specifically. Yeah. That's obviously what inspired I just yeah, I just yeah. think I just think Tony became the better filmmaker in the end because he had more of an idea of what made mm. films interesting. I mean, we'll, we'll get into that maybe in a different episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think you're coming a little too hard at the guy who made Gladiator and Alien. So I, I am a little too hard, but with it too, man. Within a reason. Um and then the second one I was thinking of was uh Metal Gear Solid. It's been uh a fan oh, favorite of mine. They've it's been talking very... about making that for like 20 years. They have been, yeah. but yeah. I want it like, I'd rather it be like, it'd be scrapped for someone actually very good to take that role or to take that, to take that series. It's very hard to adapt this game series because it's like, it's so unconventional. I don't know how you'd get past like, because Kitty Okajima would make this game break all the third walls. Like, how do you make, how do you put a character like Psycho Mantis into into Metal Gear Solid and make him still like very chill, chilling, right? He, because he, he you talk about like corrupting your game files and bring out like fi- like yeah. games games you played. I don't know how you put that on screen. Plus, so it's man, a very Metal Gear hard... Solid's got hour long cutscenes. Who, who would you who would you cast as? Uh... The only person yeah. in my head that would have worked was like Kurt Russell. I, not Kurt Russell. I, although I mean, the character Charles was based, is based off of Kurt Russell. Yeah, he's based off of like young Kurt Russell. I was thinking at the time I was thinking it should be made. I was uh, I was like Viggo Mortensen, like a Ooh, somewhat aged, yes. like almost like a Aragorn kind of Viggo Mortensen. But he's he now he's too old, too. So I don't know. I still mm. don't know who you cast a snake. I like it. There's Vigo no one who can boss, though. Um, was it Kiefer? I was thinking Vigo could be big boss, but Kiefer obviously works as well. Yeah, Kiefer works. It's hard. That's a hard series to make. I don't know who could direct it well. I feel like a person who'd keep it faithful and interesting would be like um, Guillermo del Toro. Oh shit! Yes, yes. I think he would be. I think he'd be good to helm that kind of a project. Because yeah, after what happened with PT, though. <laughs> I don't think he wants I'd, to be involved in video games. Yeah, yeah. But that's more so. That's more so. Uh, yeah. That's true. Konami still owns Metal Gear Solid. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but you were just talking about wish list. One thing I will ask though, and I saw an article on this. I forget. I, I wish I could credit the author because I don't remember where it's from. But they were basically arguing that video game movies are very, very difficult to make well because, well, they said that video games don't actually have good stories. I don't agree that's, with that's that. Cap. Uh, that's cap but yeah. what i would say is that when you have a video game with a really good story you kind of wonder what's the point of adapting it you know it's still mm-hmm. a visual medium it's still often told much like a movie like last of us for example there's a lot of mm-hmm. cutscenes a lot of you watching it and i feel like most of the time it will be executed worse than it was in the game so in a way it's kind of like you're you're between a rock and a hard place because you can either adapt something like rampage and have a story Mm-hmm. And you just make up whatever you want, or you adapt something that has a very good story, but you're just going to do it worse because you have less time, you have less ability to engage the player slash viewer, and you're not as original anymore. So maybe I don't know if you guys agree with me on that. I do. I feel like a good example of this was uh, Max Payne that they made because Max Payne is a really good story based video game. And the material is basically laid out for you how you should adapt it. Like, if you ever watch, like, <laughs> I feel bad for this, but if you ever watch the Mark Wahlberg version, yeah, man, Mark, man, Mark, Wahlberg, stop casting man. Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> but if you watch that, like, the the game itself has a very interesting intro and segues into like every action set piece. All they had to do is follow that verbatim, and they would have had like. A pretty a pretty good movie but they didn't they tried to add more hollywood cliches to it and so it it failed 
right? So yeah, you are putting a rock in a hard place because it's hard to make a good story when one already exists. Like I, I feel like this will be the case with like Mogus Solid and um, I mean, and, and Bioshock as well, because Bioshock has basically the foundations of of like how to make a really like a really good story that's like laid out for you from beginning to end with interesting characters. But the problem is that you can't really do a lot of world building in a movie because you're limited by not just budget, but also time. Yeah. And it's also I'm gonna... you go ahead. Jane. Yeah. I'm going to say like to your question, I'm going to like, with it, it'll be an answer to like both the previous one and this one, which you just asked, but like, I would love to see a Red Dead Redemption two movie mm. or a TV show with like, Brad Pitt and Christian Bale. Oh yes, so Brad Pitt would be Dutch. Yeah, some someone like or, or you could you could like you could play it around. Like he could, he could play Arthur, you could play Dutch. Christian Bale could play Arthur. Christian Bale could play John Marston. But regardless, even though the story is really good and the video game, just seeing like great actors acted out on in cinema, I think is worth it for me. I right? would say if, one thing. Sorry, go on, Zane. If you're truthful to the source material. And if the I director think, is good. I think that, uh, you know, it's all well and good to say that a story is already cinematic and it already exists in a visual medium, but the very interactive elements of games can be an obstacle to the story. I think that making a movie gives you the chance to move the story along at a faster pace and to reach heights of emotion in the cutscenes or with the acting that aren't necessarily possible with the video game because mm -hmm. of its nature as an interactive medium, the experience being partly constructed by the player. Mm -hmm. I think that, so this might be a weird example, but another, my second choice for a movie adaptation probably would have been Ace Attorney, which is a weird one. And I'd like to see mm -hmm. it as an animated movie. With like mm. a really expressive, over-the-top style. Um, not just typical anime. Uh, I'd like to see it be very cartoony because that's how the characters behave. And I think that Ace Attorney is kind of a slow-paced game. Like you often will get stuck and try a bunch of stuff that ruins the momentum of the court cases. I mm. think it could be very exciting to see it in a much more streamlined way. Or something like Persona Five as well, right? Like, mm -hmm. well, that would be, be nice mm -hmm. as an animated, like highly don't, stylized. Don't anime. give Hollywood ideas, say it. I was, man, I was well, the one who was going to make that. They made a show. Apparently, it was trash. <laughs> they made it was an animated, like it was an anime show, yeah. and well, but I will know. say that the best video game adaptations, easily by far, have been two shows: yeah. Castlevania and Arcane. And maybe there's a reason yeah. for that. Maybe animation is first well, of all better the thing, way to translate it. The thing with Arcane, the long form television. Well, here's the thing though: like with with Castlevania, there's still room for like the show to have its own substance because you don't really get told the lore or anything like directly as to what happens. So you do have some room to like wiggle around and uh, you know add your own like elements to it. Um, so with arcane as well like it's the same thing because arcane is based off of like you get character tidbits of lore but you don't really have like a complete story of what happens in the world of league of legends and what happens with these characters and how they're involved with each other so you have there's a lot of room there to still like tell a story without it being based off of anything they're really mostly based off of characters if anything so uh, the, that's the witcher adaptation is pretty good too i mean well, it's, I mean, but they're it's, adapt, it's, they're adapting the, the books greatest, more than the, but but they're more adapting the books though than the games. But it's it's still the same thing. I mean, it's in the end, it's uh, here. Like that's what the but that's their source material, and that's what makes it interesting for them because none of these have like a book. There's no book for Arcane. There's no book for Prince of Persia or anything. Um, you know, there's with like having to create something having it be like it's well it's like it's you know having to go off the games for uncharted and everything it's hard to make that adaptation because of the fact that you know so like those games specifically by naughty dog they're just kind of made 
or that medium and to make sense within that medium. It's hard to take them outside of the scope, outside of the mechanics of a game. I, I disagree that. with that, man. I think I think Uncharted could be a great movie. I think Last of Us. Can I, be a I mean, great like, show. but in in in, in the case of like having to explain every tidbit of like in a, you, like you having it be to, very you historical. don't have to. You don't. I mean, you you, you just, really don't. Yeah. For what? You, for which property? If you were gonna make like a Last of Us. Yeah. Like the Last of Us barely explains its lore. You like, don't really need. I mean, to. but that's what works for the game. You don't really. It's like it's not really. You don't really need the backstory of the world. You just need the relationships you don't need and that like for the movie this, either. Yeah. yeah. Like it's a zombie your... apocalypse. It doesn't have to be deep. It's about yeah. the characters. Yeah, but it's about characters, each, and that's each property like is going to be different in that. Like Mass Effect, you need the lore. You absolutely do. Same thing with like a Horizon Zero Dawn. But you know, like. Some other things, like Last of Us, Uncharted. It's not really about lore, it's about characters. Mm-hmm. And That's why, pieces. I guess, returning to the question of what you need to keep to make a good adaptation, I think it differs for each property. I mean, in as much as the characters are important as they are in most video games, I guess I would say, you need mm-hmm. the characters to be well-cast, well-acted, and well-written. But apart from that, it depends. Like, you don't really need the action to be as amazing in i don't know something like pokemon that doesn't really matter as much um but the creature designs have to be great so the effects have to be top notch whereas the action is really all that matters for something like mortal Kombat. you know i think you Mm -hmm. have to figure out what fans like about the property and try to adapt that and that's where it comes in handy to be a fan yourself or at least have some knowledge of the media it's not required but it certainly makes it easier. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I agree, um, but I want to I want to be a little bit fair because there are a lot of like old, like older video game adaptations that were kind of made to be very cheesy movies, like intentionally, because of the fact that like they were considered more like action. They're more action like movies that are made like Resident Evil. Um, Tomb Raider, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, Double Dragon. Uh, was, was it like House of the Dead? Um, Sil- uh, Blood Rain. Like Wasn't all these movies. Old Mortal Kombat movie as well. That's what I was there referring was, to. Yeah. So Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat Annihilation in like the 90s. Yeah. So these are those were movies that weren't given faithful adaptations because they were kind of written as, oh, we can market an action movie out of this. Put in characters that will do very action things. Like Mortal Kombat is just very cheesy dialogue with cheesy action but you know there was a tournament <laughs> so yeah you know. i mean but back then they didn't really consider video games to be a, a serious art form no but so they weren't why... even considering they weren't even considering these to be like as very seriously like well thought provoking movies they were just literally character goes no no i understand bad guy. i'm saying like if you don't take the art form seriously if you're gonna adapt it you're gonna say well, we're gonna make a silly movie out of it Kind of same thing with comic books. There was well, no serious comic book movies at first. Yeah, but but just to add to that, you also said like, okay, look, you can make a silly movie and you can make an action movie, but like at least have some elements. Like for example, mm-hmm. in Uncharted, they didn't put any of the, you know, the 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 lost cities. You know, like like they didn't put in El Dorado, they didn't put in Shambhala, they didn't put in Libertalia. Or right? the chemistry like, between Drake and Sully that's or Elena. I mean, critical component. Like, you, it doesn't have to be the greatest mm-hmm. story in the world, but at least put what makes the game great into the movie. Mm-hmm. He also has to like. You have to recognize what makes like the game as well good by like having people actually like understand the source material too. I feel like that's also one thing. Not a lot of people do. Apparently, Ruben Fleischer was really like he's he's a big Uncharted fan. And for the life of me, I don't know how he still kept Mark Wahlberg as silly with that with that knowledge. There, they, they always say they're fans. I, I don't believe that. There's no way that he would make this movie if he was a fan of Uncharted. I mean, he did have he did have a cutscene where it kind of talks about Roman, um, which kind of brings back to Uncharted One. And if you look I, at, I mean, but listen, man, Easter eggs are not what makes you a fan. Like, I'm sure yeah. someone told him about those Easter eggs. But I also, the, the did heart you... and soul of the movie was not there. Well, to be fair, I do think that part of what ruins a lot of these movies is studio interference. They just don't have confidence in the IP. They don't have confidence in the directors because a lot of these directors aren't really stars. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I can't really tell you on a case-by-case basis which movies would be 
better if the directors were able to do whatever they wanted. But I do think that in the case of Mark Wahlberg, they were probably just like, okay, we need someone who's a veteran of a lot of action movies to anchor this property. Tom Holland is still kind of inexperienced. He's young. We need someone to pull in older demographics. Let's get Mark Wahlberg. It's very much a calculation on the part of the studio. I'd be surprised if they didn't interfere in the casting at all, to be honest. Tom Holland himself is kind of like a, let's just market whoever is hot right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the last thing I want to mention. And we're going to wrap our episode up is that it's also a big portion is also who gets to be um, who gets to produce the material and who's like the person making it. Cause sometimes big budget studios, they are, they're very one track minded about what gets made and who gets to be behind it. And sometimes for them to sell something, they have to be like, let's cast this person. And that person might not be right for the role. In the case of Uncharted, Mark Wahlberg was actually one of the producers, I believe of Uncharted. And <clears throat> he really wanted to play Sully. So if you're the money, the games, no, he definitely has not. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to Mark Wahlberg. He just wants to play this character. Yeah, right. And he's the one paying for it. So it's hard to really give too much um, hate to the people who are creating it because there are people who finance it, and those guys have a lot more say than the people who actually get to do the yeah man but at the end of the day it's not about hate it's just about what is the end no but i I just want to be like for anyone for it's just more so for anyone who has kind of like grievances with how they're you know if they're fans of the series uncharted or otherwise and how their adaptations are going like there's a there's a lot more behind the scenes like tinkering that happens before it even gets before camera rolls and the action and action is called and it starts with who gets who gets to who pays for everything to be made and they have their own agenda sometimes yeah i mean that's what sophie was saying about studio interference Mm -hmm. so with that said um thank you sophie for joining us again thank you hadi zane for hanging out um thanks for having us next Mm -hmm. weekend we're gonna gonna thank you tom brady for coming back yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) uh next week we're gonna talk about the oscars we're gonna do a full oscar breakdown episode um we'll probably have an expanded panel again We'll probably include a couple, um, a couple other movie fans. So, be you're welcome to join us next week if you're available. And uh, with that said, I bid you all farewell, and I'll see what's you. Your, next- what's your, what's uh, your, what do you recommend this week? Ooh, oh, I forgot about that thing. Thank you. Um, quick though, quickly. Uh, yeah. I was watching. Um, I was watching. Uh, <sighs> I was watching Winning Time like you recommended me yeah um it was the first episode was great yeah, absolutely yeah. fantastic really enjoyed I it as it. well um so i'll recommend I'll... drive to survive on netflix if you're a Formula one fan is that a documentary it's a documentary well it's it, it follows the whole season so you get to see the behind the scenes access for the whole season so i thought you were going to say adam project we're about to watch that tonight that was a uh, I have so many thoughts about that. It's I mean, we'll talk time. about it later. Yeah. <laughs> okay. For another but, time. So what are your recommendations? All right. Uh, we'll just throw one out there. We recently just finished Vox Machina. Nice. Um, mm-hmm. Very fun animated show. It's pretty short at the moment. I'm pretty sure they're going to do another season. It's adapted, I believe, from this famous podcast of like this group's D and D campaigns essentially, and it very mm. much has that kind of feel. Um, for better and for worse, it's certainly not a perfect show. There's a lot of cheesy dialogue and stuff, but I think it's very fun. And nice. for me, I thought so. Who was going to say this? Turning Red, Pixar's latest, mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. good, man. Really, really funny, heartfelt towards the end. And I think that unequivocally for me, it's the best that they've made since Inside Out. Not even particularly close interesting that's hot take bro (laughs) it is really good it hit me really hard Uh, i'll watch that that's on my list all right with that said thank you for listening um and uh we hope to see you guys next week talk to you later awesome see you guys see you